Dr. Riley, I have initiated our audio sequence. I'm admitting all participants. And good afternoon, Chair Riley and EDAC members. This meeting is being held pursuant to government code section 54953E and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Economic Development Advisory Committee for August 1st, 2022 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. Welcome. Thank you, Serge. You are a professional. We appreciate your support. Um, I find it interesting to share that today in Phoenix, Arizona, it is 103 degrees. Dallas, 101 degrees. Fresno, 96 degrees. And here in Sausalito, a beautiful 70 degrees. Happy Sausalito, everybody. It's great to be Recording here. Recording in progress. Great to be here in August and to have uh, this nice, cool weather uh, and not be suffering like much of the country is at this time. Um, just report, uh, Ian, our uh, city council liaison, is on vacation, will not be joining us. Uh, Jill Hoffman, our other city council liaison, will be joining us late. She has a conflict. And I had one report that Rachel uh, is just bored an airplane. She can't join us. But uh, before we get started, um, would you please do a roll call, Serge? Sure, Bob Lane. John DeRay. Present. Scott Thornburg. Scott, I... All right, I'm here. Okay, awesome. Chris Gallagher. Here. Malcolm Morgan. Yes, here. Monica Finnegan. I'm here. John Daglo. Here. Teresa Ancona. Present. Vice Chair Green. I believe she is just joining via telephone. She is. And Cass, when you get a voice connection, maybe you can just uh, announce yourself. We know that you're in the Sierras and have some. Uh, there you are. No, I'm here. Here she is. And Chair Riley. So I, can you, I'm here, you guys. I'm here. Yes, we hear you, Cass. Thank you. And Thanks. Riley is present. All right, at this time, uh, I'd like to move to uh, item number two, which is public comment for items that are not on the agenda. Can you open up for public comment, Serge, and provide instruction? Sure, video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press start nine and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. And Chair Riley, it does not appear as we have any hands raised. Thank you, Serge. We shall move on to item number three, which is approval of three sets of minutes prepared by our wonderful secretary, Ms. Teresa Ancona. Um, and so if everyone's had a chance to review those minutes, uh, if anyone has any comments or corrections, please make that aware now or we can move towards an approval of those minutes. Would someone like to make a motion to approve the minutes? I'll make a motion. Second. All right, Serge, can we do a roll call, please? 
served. Bob Lalane? John DeRay? Yes. Scott Thornburg? Yes. Chris Gallagher? Yes. Malcolm Morgan? Yes. Monica Finnegan? Yes. Don Daglow? Yes. Teresa Ancona? Yep. Chair, uh, Vice Chair Green? I'll move on to Chair Riley. Yes. Yes. And Cass just said yes as well. Thank you. That's a unanimous approval for those in attendance. Thank you. We'll move on to our business items. So business item 4.1, I will lead this discussion. Um, and I will share a presentation. Let me find my way to share screen. Okay, in our last meeting, I introduced that um, city staff had sent out a letter in June asking each of the committees, commissions um, that the city supports to come up with ideas for streamlining their operations to reduce the burden on staff. Um, we had a good discussion. Uh, we decided to come back at this meeting to talk about the alternatives and see if we have alignment or prioritization amongst us so we can respond back to um, city staff so i prepared a few slides originally we were going to draft a letter but we thought that it's hard to draft a letter without knowing where all of us were at so we'd rather we put together a powerpoint presentation to get your input to foster discussion and from here we can uh, respond uh, appropriately so city staff has over 30 local and regional committees councils and commissions uh, every one of these things requires IT support, agenda setting, minutes, uh, staff liaisons. Um, those committees that are Brown Act um, are even a greater burden, and we are one of those committees. And so staff has asked for ideas on streamlining. So today, I was hoping we can talk about three alternative structures that we kind of talked last time about. I put some slides about them. If there are any other structures we'd like to propose and align on that preferred structure going forward. And from here, we can submit a letter to our city manager with our prioritized alternatives. We talked about three alternatives uh, in our last meeting. Switch from a monthly cadence to a bi-monthly or quarterly. Uh, even like today's meeting came up quite quick because we last met on July 11th due to the holidays. So it's only been three weeks. Um, Alternative two is to form a nonprofit with a mission to promote business and revenues in Sausalito. Uh, and our city manager shared other cities that have organizations that are set up to do that. And the third is, you know, do we disband EDAC as a Brown Act committee and move towards more volunteers working on a project basis? And I have a slide just for each of these with my thoughts on pros and cons. I'll step through them and then we can go into discussion if that's okay. Alternative one is switching from monthly to bi-monthly or quarterly. This will reduce the demand on staff. Um, if we go bi-monthly, we're gonna reduce it in half. If we go to quarterly, reduce it by three quarters. Um, the time we spend in meetings is reduced. 
Um, and yet we are still a city appointed body, um, the working at the behest of city council. The cons are, we'll still be a Brown Act subject committee. And so, you know, all our decisions, deliberations, recommendations, city council will continue to do in public. Staff will continue to have to record these meetings and attend uh, and post agendas. Um, and of course, we talked last time, decision-making and actions, you know, can be delayed due to less frequent meetings. Okay. I want to just, does it make sense for me to go through all three alternatives and then we discuss, or do you want to kind of pause? Go through all three alternatives, okay. Um, alternative two is to form a nonprofit with a mission to promote business and revenues in Sausalito. It's kind of like that, you know, a great commerce center place to do business. Uh, this would be an independent organization, not encumbered by the Brown Act. City staff would not need to um, prepare agendas. It's a separate organization, you know, akin to a Sausalito Beautiful. Um, and we'd have a lot of independence of what or this organization would want to do. The cons are, it doesn't come with the gravitas of being a city body, it is just a separate body working on its own behalf. It does come with significant overhead and costs. You have to create an organization, you have to carry insurance, you have to you know, have your LLC or however you set it up as a nonprofit. Um, it may be difficult to recruit members. You know, here we have a cross selection of you know, folks from the business community, but also residents who want to volunteer your time. It might be harder to find residents on this mission. Um, and then there is, you know, does this conflict with the chamber? Okay. And the third one is, do we need a city council appointed body or can we have members that decide to volunteer as we are today around projects that they're passionate about and would like to engage on those projects. Um, this would be free of Brown Act. Um, hopefully in this scenario, you know, there'd be kind of a city council liaison working with these uh, teams. But examples would be, we have a group already working with CDA on our marketing plan. And this group would continue to complement city staff and you know, come up with ideas to market the town. Uh, we have a group that wants to pursue putting together a business improvement district. That project can continue to go on. We have a group, you know, kind of working with the city staff on business development and continue to do that work. We have a group that likes to put on events and engage the community. So these things can be project-based. Um, and it allows us to move quicker and not have the burden of Brown Act. Of course, there's another gravitas again. Um, we could lose momentum on some of these projects. Um, and of course, we always wanna be replenishing that list of volunteers. And then on next steps, I'd like to talk through these and any other ideas that you may have. Um, a draft letter then would be with our prioritized set of approaches, draft letter would be sent to the city manager. And if we choose to remain a Brown Act committee, I keep coming back to, we do have 
uh, we did have a number of residents go through an interview process with city council to fill empty and expiring terms. And we're expected to appoint new officers each year. And so that is also on our to-do list if we continue as an EDAC committee. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna take questions. We should do this, just any questions about these items, and then we'll go to public comment and then we'll come back and have a discussion and a set of priorities. So of these three alternatives or the process, are there any questions for me or Chris Zapata? I'll, I'll chime in here, if I may. It seems like the best bang for the buck here, everyone, is that alternative one, we still have our uh, voting power as it were, but uh, we've made a big cut in the burden on the city staff. Personally, uh, feeling pretty heavily invested in this committee. Um, I hate to sort of give that away and, and not really have much um, influence with the city council. That's my thought. I, I think I like the structure. I think we've worked really well together. We've got a lot of different skill sets here. Um, I think we give a lot of that away if we don't have the EDAC format. Thank you, Malcolm. And I, I think many of us agree with your comments. Um, at this point, let's just focus on questions before we kind of weigh our opinions. We'll, we'll do that after we have public comment on the site. Got it. All right. Scott? Um, question about um, just the Brown Act specifically. Um, does that, I know it, it, uh, it does affect like how we communicate, for example, um, we, you know, uh, an email back and forth can be seen as a, as a meeting, um, as opposed to communication. Are there other routes of communication? So for example, if we were moving this to a quarterly meeting, um, could we send weekly reports one way or monthly reports to the group just to keep everyone up to, up to speed? on things like are there other are there other re, um avenues of communication outside of a meeting i guess is what i'm asking yeah that that's a good question just one thing on brown act we're prohibited from having a quorum of individuals meet outside this public forum um and it's to prevent you know kind of backroom deals so that you know, all voting happens here and we know that there isn't you know a majority that already preconceived an idea. Um, but I may ask uh, Mr. Zapata, who might be the expert, or Serge, if um, amongst a committee like ours, having, you know, email updates that things subcommittees are doing that are one way to keep people informed uh, and to maybe allow um, reply only to one individual, maybe the author from another member on ideas. Is that a, an acceptable form of communication? Uh, Chair Radley, uh, that's how we do things uh, at City Hall in terms of notifying City Council without violating the Brown Act. It just creates a, a need for care. If people aren't hitting send all back or other things like that. But the, the one-way aspect of it uh, essentially cures that. Thank you, Chris. Good, good suggestions, Todd. Uh, Teresa. Um, actually, my question was concerning funding. So if EDAC is disbanded, what happens to that funding? 
or if we choose the option of working in smaller work groups does the funding then still get set aside for the projects that the work groups are uh, being are working on well uh, Teresa I'll answer it this way and again the city manager can correct me uh, EDAC doesn't have any funding uh, the city has all the funding that EDAC has advised funds be allocated for these projects and now we help in driving some of those projects but it's like EDAC we don't have a bank account. We have no funding. Uh, the city holds funds for projects that EDAC has built a case for that they're a good ROI. Um, but the city is responsible. Like, let's take the CDA marketing. So that $75,000 a year is, CDA is a vendor for the city and our marketing team is working alongside the city to help drive that. That's how I would answer that. Is that correct, Mr. Zapata? Yes, Chair Riley, that's correct. Did that answer your question, Teresa? Yes, it does. Thank you. Yeah, and, and if I may, uh, Chair, we're going to get to the, the budget on item two, is my understanding. Yes. Yes, thank you. Any other questions before we go to public comment? Thank you. Um, Serge, can you open up for public comment on this uh, business item? 4.1. Um, sure. Uh, Chair Riley, I just I thought I saw Don Daglow's hand go up, and I'm not sure if he had a comment or a oh. question. Yeah, I'm having a hard time monitoring hands. Okay. Yeah, and and sorry, the latest incarnation of Zoom, I missed where the raise hand went. The uh, the question I wanted to ask about is imagining just say as a hypothetical again here on alternative one that we went to quarterly meetings. Are there ways in which subcommittees, which represent less than a quorum of the EDAC as a whole, could informally submit to the council ideas, projects that we were working on to ask for council feedback as a way of uh, lowering the chance that we wander too, too far away from ideas that will be approved uh, in the course of our interim work? I think, uh, Don, thank you for that. I think we need to get creative on how subcommittees can work in these longer periods of time, but not fully independent of EDAC's overall desired direction, right? And uh, Chris brought this up in our last meeting. She doesn't want a subcommittee coming up with an idea, recommending money be spent, going to city council and that, you know, taking place under the name of EDAC when the whole EDAC hasn't had you know, oversight of that. And, and I agree with that concern. Right, but well, we'll save it for discussion on, on these different alternatives and ways we could approach it. Um, other questions at this time? And Serge, if you can help me monitor any hands raised, I have a hard time seeing all the participants. Sure, no problem. Um, Chair Riley, I do not see any hands raised. I'd be happy to provide um, instructions on how to provide public comments if you'd like me to um yes please video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker if you would like to make a comment please raise your hand in the zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak to raise your hand from a phone press start nine and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed chair riley i see no hands raised 
All right, so I'd like to uh, bring it back to the committee just for um, further thoughts. And then uh, hopefully we can align on which of these three we'd like to uh, prioritize. Uh, I'll share a thought on item one. If we go to these longer cycles, um, I do think we got to get crisper on working subcommittees. And those working subcommittees in each meeting come forward with not what they have done, but what they want to accomplish in the next, you know, two to three months and what asks that they intend to make so that the full EDAC can align behind that, approve or disapprove. Um, and um, be much more focused on you know, what those subcommittees are going to be doing uh, and getting, you know, alignment behind it. Um, I see Cass has her hand up. Cass. Hey, um, I just wanted to say that I agree with what both you and Malcolm said, that I, I prefer alternative one. And I also totally agree with you that it will require more active work from the subcommittees. Thank you, Cass. That came through clear. Any other comments, preferences? Teresa. Um, I'm leaning towards alternative one, uh, either monthly or uh, quarterly, or bi-monthly or quarterly. Uh, that's the one I would favor. Thank you, Don Dago. Yeah, I I agree. As you can probably infer, I agree that uh, some form of alternative one, I believe, gives us the most opportunity to help, while still taking pressure off city staff, whom we all know are outnumbered. Monica. Monica. Monica, you'll need to. Yes, 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 sorry. Okay. Um, what I was uh, mumbling about is I think that we have created great momentum and we've, um, you know, made some great head headway in a lot of different uh, aspects of uh, the committee, committee work, and I would opt for a maintaining number one, um, either bi-weekly, bi-weekly, I mean, bi-monthly seems um, better, but um, that's my vote, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you. Chris? Yeah, I um, I also go for number one. I Not that the others wouldn't, can't be done, but having formed a nonprofit, it's not, I mean, you can do it, but there's a lot of work up front in doing it. And so um, I think that would stall a lot of things um, until we got all that together. And um, I don't know, disbanding EDAC and forming volunteers, there's gotta be a lot of self-discipline on that to work on projects and things. And coming back bi-monthly to report sort of gives you a, um, make sure that you have something to report where if you're just doing a volunteer working group, it's not as critical. So um, anyway, my vote is for number one as well. Chris, Teresa. Sorry, I forgot to take my hand down. Oh, all right, high five to you. Okay, I apologize for the siren going by my home in the background. Um, 
Hey, Chris, um, city manager's Pada. We, one moment. Is there a public service uh, at work outside my home? Um, Chris, we never get uh, report cards as committees. Can you give us a sense of, you know, your view or staff's view of EDAC and the burden that we create on staff and um, in how we're operating uh, and any thoughts on how we can be more efficient? Yeah, um, first of all, thank you all for seriously taking up this conversation because uh, it's really important that in order to do things that, you know, the, the folks don't have a, a, a what I call a bottleneck uh, in all the things the city council wants done and funds and the folks in the community that have expertise and volunteer have ideas about wanting to get done, get stuck because we don't have the staffing uh, to do it. So that's that's part and parcel to everybody that's on a border commission or a task force in Sausalito, including city council people. Uh, so, you know, you all are taking it seriously and that, that's appreciated. And I think the one thing that you can see, and I'll say this again when I get to the budget request, is whenever you see a city council allocate funding uh, for particular um, ideas or programs or services or projects, uh, that tells you uh, that you have influence and you're being listened to. So uh, the idea that the city council has allocated funding uh, to EDAC in a you know, in my opinion, in terms of relative size and budget, a pretty significant way uh, should tell you that, that they, they believe in what you do and how you do it. And I think that one of the things that you'll see, even in fiscal challenging times, which we are in, uh, the idea that the city council did not claw back uh, the funding that uh, was provided last year uh, is also a sign of their appreciation of your work. And, and certainly, you know, the embracing of you know, things to bring our community together and enhance the business environment. Uh, you have done um, really, really good work, in particular Monica Finnegan with the mm. the, uh, the whole by the Bay holiday month. So, and that turns into return on involvement, as you've noted, Chair Riley. We have people from our community who might not otherwise be um, uh, spending money or spending time downtown enjoying their community along with visitors and that's a good thing so so uh, you know in terms of a report card you know i could never give a bad grade to any volunteer group uh, but i can also say that not every um, board commission task force of the city uh, gets funding and, and you all have achieved that by virtue of the city council's vote last year and by virtue of the city council not voting to call back the remaining funds that you did not spend that we're going to talk about at a later um, or the next item. Thank you, Chris, and thank you for the positive comments, and thank you for your continued support of EDAC, both during these meetings and in between those meetings. We know that you've been a big driver in many of our recommendations, so thank you. Um, so I'll make a proposal and then see if we're all in line by this. Um, it seems everyone is inclined to uh, stay in, uh, a city council appointed committee um, to focus in on alternative one. Uh, the question is, do we go to bi-monthly or quarterly? Um, there's two ways to approach it. You know, bi-monthly is a more conservative way. Um, if we go, if we choose to be more aggressive to try to reduce burden on staff quarterly, we could see if it works and if it doesn't always move to bi-monthly. 
Um, or we can go the other way. Let's go bi-monthly and say, oh, well, we, we probably get away with doing this quarterly. Um, I will make a proposal that we move to a bi-monthly approach. Um, if we all agree in that, what we would do is draft a letter to Mr. Zapata with the three alternatives that we discussed, the pros and cons from this PowerPoint and our, our preference to um, go with alternative one on a bi-monthly basis. So we'll see if anyone has any comments on that proposal. John Duray. I agree, Tom. <clears throat> um, and I would uh, also give Chris Zapata the option if he thinks quarterly is better to go quarterly. Um, but uh, otherwise, I agree completely. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Daniel. Yeah, I, I, ag I agree. I like going bi-monthly instead of quarterly because we if, if we think that we can then go further to quarterly, it's easy. But uh, as Monica mentioned, we have momentum on a number of programs. I think we're less likely to go to lose that momentum if at least as a transitional phase and maybe on an ongoing basis, we go with just bi-monthly. Uh, I think that's the best way to defend that momentum. Thank you, Doc. Monica. Um. I think that's bi-monthly is positive. It's six meetings a year. And I think we could handle a lot of business uh, in between and come to those meetings really prepared and with a lot more progress. So I agree to that. Okay, and one of the things in the spirits discussion is, um, is hasn't been to reduce the burden on us, is to reduce the burden on staff. I also think we need to maintain a conscientious effort to continually try to reduce burden on staff with requests or information requests and whatnot. Um, and yet bring forward the expertise we have to for the benefit of the city. So, okay, I'd like to make a motion then on the proposal I gave to uh, that our preference is alternative one on a bi-monthly basis. Uh, but that we will prepare a letter that shows all these options that we discussed and considered are our preference. But of course, Mr. Zapata and the city council can come back with an alternative approach. Um, so I'd like to make that motion. Is there a second? I'll second. Second. Wonderful. Um, Serge, I think Don beat Cass to the second. <laughs> uh, Serge, can we take a uh, roll call on that, please? Sure, John Duray. Yes, agree. Scott Thornberg. Yes, agreed. Chris Gallagher. Yes. Malcolm Morgan. Yeah. Monica Finnegan. Agree. Don Daglo. Yes. Teresa Ancona. Yes. Vice Chair Green. Vice Chair Green. If you ask me for my vote, she always comes in right then. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Chair Green. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, that's unanimous. Uh, thank you all for a great, great discussion.
I shall stop my screen share. We're going to move on to item 4.2. Uh, and Mr. Zapata, we we're hoping just to get a, a quick update on the status of the funding request um, and, and how we go about um, following, through, uh, following up on each of these funding requests. You know, what are kind of like some milestones or expectations you may have? Well, thank you for that, Chair. And again, thank the committee for their work and the public that's watching that has an interest in uh, all things Sausalito. Uh, as you know, uh, the city council committed 325,000 to enhance the business environment uh, in the budget in the prior year. Um, and you know, and my city manager arithmetic, I'll, I'll give you some approximates of the funds that were spent and committed. You correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, there's a $75,000 commitment for CDA's first year. Uh, there was a $10,000 commitment to the chamber and the city partnering on the Visit California campaign. There was $10,000 for local events. And then there was an additional $4,000 for the uh, Marin City EDAC uh, 4th of July float. Uh, so what that did is that took uh, the amount down. We didn't spend the entire 325. As I mentioned earlier, the city council did not in this budget year, which is very, very uh, important to note, call that back and say, we need to use that. But, but Lynn, let me just stress this, uh, the city council uh, for the second year in a row um, dug into its reserve accounts with one-time money to keep services and events and activities and honor commitments they made uh, to the community and to groups like EDAC so that uh, we could have some time to kind of dig out of this uh, fiscal challenge that we find ourselves in. So with that said, uh, we are looking as a city staff for every penny, nickel and dime that we can in fact find. So the fact that there's about 220 some thousand dollars remaining from your, your contract, in my mind, doesn't mean that you all just have free, uh, free reign to spend that. Uh, I think it needs to be done wisely. I think that it needs to be understood that it's beneficial. And so uh, in looking at the proposals, obviously there's a two-year commitment to CDA and you have to honor that. So that one is, is fairly straightforward. Uh, the $85,000 business improvement district a request is something that um, I think the city council fully gets and uh, we have advocated, I have advocated with Sausalito Beautiful, uh, with city staff and with some of the business community that that's a way to create some ongoing money uh, that's paired with city money. Uh, if it's implemented, uh, that could help a lot of things that business improvement districts do. And I don't have to, to talk to you about what, what those things are because I think uh, Marco Lamandri has been talking to Cass and Cass has been talking to you. And you know that money can be used for a specified district that pays into it for things like events, security, uh, beautification, marketing, uh, things that really um, up the ante and the desirability of that specific area. So, so I think that's a great one. Um, the other ideas that you had involve brand development. And just let me be candid with you. I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, I, I understand, you know, the building of a brand. Uh, my sense of Sausalito is you have an iconic brand in and of yourself. It could use help as it always does. And so to that end, uh, the city on an annual basis for the last two years has been funding something called Destination Sausalito. Uh, that's a website that the city pays uh, uh, Kim, Kimberly Huff to, to do every uh, month. Uh, it, it helps you know promote activities that EDAC puts on or going on in the city. And so that money is spent on building brand and. And so, uh, you know, as a city manager, I have to be candid with you. I'm not so sure that you should spend all the money that's left over 
nor should the city approve that, and, and nor will I recommend it. So this one, to me, is a question mark. Uh, the 20,000 per community events, that sounds to me like ramping up from the prior year. And if that's what you want to do, I'm all for return on involvement. Uh, and so I would be happy to, you know, see the menu and the, the schedule of things proposed and, and, and figure out a way to, to promote that in terms of a budget request. What's not in here that I have a question about is the lighting. Um, uh, my, my recollection was there was conversation around, uh, you know, work with, you know, property owners and merchants downtown to up the ante and the ambiance in terms of lighting on, on Bridgeway and in Caledonia. And to me, that's something that's low hanging fruit. Uh, I'm not so sure, it, I, I, maybe I missed this conversation, but, but I thought this was part of your ask to the city council that you had two priorities and one of them was certainly the business improvement district and the other one was lighting downtown. And I thought there was uh, full on support from the council to do those two things. So, so with that, uh, you know, I wanna to suggest to you that the next step would be is uh, we can have a discussion back and forth. And obviously I don't have the final say on what the city council approves, uh, but I, you know, I would like to make recommendations that are in alignment with uh, this group. And, and if we don't agree, we can disagree, but I'd want you to know up front that, you know, these are things that I think are important and would recommend as a city manager. And these are things that I think need to be maybe held in, in advance for a minute until we figure out if some of the other things are, uh, you know, going to be successful. So with that, you know, I would think that you would want to work on this in terms of a priority listing. Uh, the first thing would obviously be you're committed to CDA. In my mind, uh, the BID and the um, the lighting are, are two and three. And then, you know, the community events dovetail with those. And then the brand development, uh, I'm just curious about, you know, what the, um, the, the selling point for that is. It needs to be made to not only me, but to the community and to the council. So with that, Chair Riley, um, I will congratulate you on, again, not getting your funds clawed back, even in the midst of some hard budget times in the city. Uh, we recommended a status quo budget, which included uh, the carry forward funding that, that was not spent last year. And the council agreed uh, with that, even though they had to dig into their reserves about $2.7 million as a projected number to make our budget balance this year again. Thank you. Uh City Manager Zapata for that. And uh, the clarification helps. Uh, your expectations are perfectly fine and understandable. Um, we we do not think that because there's dollars, we need to go and spend them. We need to justify every one of these um, and come forward with you know plans and proposals. Uh, to answer your question about brand development, um, uh, just a few months ago, we went to City Council asking for their priorities of where they'd like EDAC to focus their time and the business improvement district and a sort of brand development were two of the top requests from city council and so we were coming back to city council saying well we've met with a couple brand development organizations and this is what we estimate a cost would be um and we can prepare that presentation back to city council because they did ask that of us and come back with here's what you would get here's the firms we talked to here's the cost and city council could determine if they want to move forward or not with that. Um, that was really in response to their ask of us. Then finally on the lighting, we will have an update on lighting in item 4.6 today. Uh, we do think that's a very important project and we've got you know many of the merchants uh, contributing dollars to this as well. 
Um, but our understanding from the last two meetings we had was that funds from last year had been allocated to the lighting. But the way accounting goes, it may be funds from this year. But uh, we'll get an update from CAS on the lighting. We do want to proceed with that. And we're asking, we're expecting $10,000 from the city for that amount. Well, thank you for that clarification. Maybe I went to the restroom when that was discussed about the brand. <laughs> I do remember the BID. I do remember the lighting for sure. So, um, so yeah, if the council asked for that, far be it for me to, to dissuade them. But, but I do want to understand it better because, again, I go back to the premise of uh, the city is not flush with money. Uh, we're actually operating from our savings account. And, and if we can, in fact, save, you know, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, $20,000, or there um, from a prior commitment, that's not a bad thing. And, and I'll be more clear too, City Manager, I don't think the City Council said go do a brand development study. I think they said go research what a brand development study would be and what it would cost and come back to us. And so I think we could deliver on that. Okay. So in my mind, uh, I think I tried to give you a sequencing of which things go first. Um, you can, you know, it's your committee, you can agree or disagree, but uh, you know, those are my thoughts. You know, you obviously have a commitment to CDA for the second year. Uh, the business improvement district is going to take some time. And so I think you'd want to start on that first. Uh, the community events and um, the lighting, um, to me, uh, are obviously um, what I call uh, uh, parallel, uh, parallel importance. And the brand development team was one question mark. He clarified that for me. And then also, you know, I, I just want to make sure that people know that the city does uh, support the, um, the Destination Sausalito contract. That's, that's the city's contract. I'm not so sure everybody's aware of it. I wasn't. Uh, and I got here and my question was, who's doing that? And I found out that, that it was, in fact, the city through a contractual arrangement with um, Kimberly Huff is, is the person. Yes. And we engage with uh, came up on a regular basis. Don Dagwell is not his head primary interface. Yeah. Okay, are there any questions for uh, our city manager on this topic before we go to public comment? Yeah, I see no questions from uh, the committee members. Uh, Serge, can you open up for public comment on this uh, item 4.2? Sure, and Chair Riley, I see no hands raised for this particular item. All right, thank you. Um, Chris, again, thank you for the clarity. Um, we'll come back on each of these when we want to make requests, knowing that there are theoretically placeholder funds out there, um, but you know whether they get spent or not is always going to depend on alternative uses. Well, I think the one exception, Chair Riley, is the CDA contract. I think that was a signed agreement. It that committed is. us to two years. The others are uh, not in any form or shape, but I um, uh, appreciate your approach. Thank you. Um, any further comments from community members before we move on? All right. We're going to move on to item 4.3. Um, I've asked Monica Finnegan, who's been putting a lot of time into the Sausalito Center for the Arts, um, to give an update. Uh, at the last city council meeting, uh, the city council uh, voted unanimously to approve um, uh, lease negotiations with Sausalito Center for the Arts. 
So with that approval, I thought it'd be wise for Monica to present to EDAC um, further information about the Escondido Center for the Arts, which is a, a nonprofit that's forming a kind of public-private partnership with the city. And so um, Monica, can you uh, provide a presentation? Sure. Thanks, Tom. Um, Serge was going to put up uh, a PowerPoint so that we could um, have some visuals on um, where we are. I am going to ask him to help with that. Sure, give me just a moment, let me pull that up. Okay, thank you. Um, and thanks, Tom, for giving this um, opportunity to bring it forward. We've talked a little bit about it in the past. Um, thanks. Um, this is progress today. Actually, the date should be August 1st because we've made, we make, we're making progress every day. Um, next slide, please. Um, the mission statement of the Sausalito Center for the Arts is to um, enrich the culture experience of Marin and unite, underscore, unite our community through diverse artistic expression for the benefit of all. This was developed with um, the members of the board. I think it's the next, I'm sorry, I'll tell you the next, the next slide is more about where we are in the organizational process. Um, next slide, please. So what we've done so far is the um, legal formation has been completed. We're at 501c3 with the state and we're waiting for federal um, approval. We have bylaws developed. We have a diversity DEI policy that's in place with a bank account with some money in it. Uh, we've developed governance guidelines. We elected a board of directors, we formed committees, identified volunteers, and we're working forward on some auxiliary board and um, commitments. The board consists of, next slide please. In the city approval, we agreed and we've actually asked for a city liaison to be appointed a board member. So we're awaiting uh, that process. On the board currently is Kate Sears, who's past supervisor, uh, supervisor of Southern Marin, LaShawn Holcomb, who is the founder and director producer of Rio Theater in Marin City, and myself and Joan Cox, who, as you know, is past city council and is running again, and Dan Chris is our treasurer, who has a CEO, a CFO background, uh, Kay Carlson, who is the um, chair and developer of Marin Open Studios and an artist in her own right at ICB, and Louis Briones, who is the um, chair of the Sausalito Art Festival Foundation, and uh, all of whom have been instrumental in getting us organized. Next slide, please. This is really uh, an important uh, slide to um, review because not only is it an art uh, an exhibition uh, venue, but we really are developing a much stronger and deeper and wider community benefit. The focus is for local and regional uh, attraction. We've got education and workshops that we've been discussing. Um, we are talking quite extensively with Rio Theater about some uh, theater performances along with other entities that would be involved. Um, in fact, Rio Theater has a new play that they're going to be producing and we're, we're hoping to have open uh, rehearsals in the, in the building from that. We're working on some children's programs, innovation and art. We have several um, music documentaries and a film that we have uh, scheduled for, for uh, production. 
and we're looking at some music events. We've had a great relationship, a beginning relationship with the record factory for some opportunity to um, present some um, music and some uh, speaker series there. We've just started to develop a speaker series where we would um, present sort of topical ideas. Um, we're hoping to have Jerry Folter come back from the Ukraine and give a presentation on his experience there. Of course, we'll have artist talks and exhibition and a lot of learning, we hope. So next slide, please. Um, this is not, as, we, as I said earlier, just an art center. Uh, the mission is really um, a community benefit and to bring in a lot of DEI events. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. The events we've had today so far, obviously we had the 2021 holiday by the bay a lot of events were hosted in the building and the musical events we've been hosting outside of the building in may uh, was the mariachi band the three upcoming events i heartily recommend everybody come to the august 3rd event which is wednesday this coming wednesday it's a group of banjo and fiddler players and it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun i think something like eight to twelve banjo players and several fiddler players playing old time music. September is West Coast School and October is 19th Broadway, which is Jerry Folter's band. We've had art exhibits in the Open Studio, we've had artists for Ukraine, and we've had some development uh, environmental already we've had in the building and it worked pretty well. Next slide, please. What we're planning, as I mentioned earlier, and many of these events have already, we've already started talking with these people is Guillot Theater would like to do a haunted house uh, in October, and hopefully they'll bring the Grinchy Soul Kwanzaa. We've had conversations with a farm to table group that would like to have a farmer's market. And along with that, we'd like to have um, a sustainable food discussions and other kinds of conversations around food and uh, sort of the, one of the hot topics around the, the Marin County. Themed events, we're, we're planning for Black History Month, and we've talked to several people in uh, Marin City, Felicia uh, Gaston among them. Um, in March, it's Women's History Month, and in May, Cinco de Mayo, we would like to incorporate the Latino community. Next slide, please. Um, the screenings I've talked about, uh, Tom introduced me to Jerry Hannon, who is a really well-known Marin uh, musician, and he has a documentary that we'd like to film that is really a story about how he and his brother uh, got together. The other uh, uh, documentary that we've got contracted is uh, a story out of San Francisco about the history of artists in the Bay Area that has been playing in several of the movie venues and they are offering that for us. As I said earlier, the Record Factory, a lot of collaboration, um, we're hoping to evolve with them. The Wednesday Night Live event will still continue and we're we could talk more about that, but we are planning 12 months out. Um, and a lot of music, I think, will take place in this venue because it's really um, suited for that. And innovation, uh, uh, Lewis is working on a digital art example because that's some of the new things that are happening in the art world. Next slide. Um, we're, we're wanting and have talked with Cheryl Pop to collaborate with her book by the Bay and talked with Barbara Holmes about a poetry slam. And we'd like to develop some TED-like talks where um, a tea and talk around the speaker series or a wine and words or 
uh, we talked with Cheryl about doing a, a Bay Area book festival, a small book festival in the, in the uh, center. So there's a lot of opportunity for spoken word and series and collaborating with a lot of, in our community. And a couple of people have, have been approaching us for classes that we could hold though. So next slide, please. So those are a lot of the things that we've got planned. We're trying to take it by a month by month sort of a theme and then activate with a lot of different activities. The lease requires $400,000 for us in capital. Um, and we are 55% to that goal. I would like to say that we have been at this for seven months and already we have negotiated a letter of intent, we've negotiated a license agreement, and now we're into a 60 page lease agreement that we are in our final phases of negotiating. And we've raised 55% um, of our goal with a fundraiser plan for this coming week, which would take us up to about 70% of our goal is our expected anticipation. And in phase two, phase one, we're not planning to do a whole lot of uh, work in the property. We're going to just do some demolition and see how it works. And then in phase two, uh, we would do a little bit more and hopefully um, involve, hopefully the rooftop, sorry, the cat is saying hello. Hopefully the rooftop um, bar and cafe will be part of it and we can do some uh, work with that. Next slide, please. Um, in September and October, uh, if you signed up to come to the um, magic show on Thursday night, August 4th, the ticket price offers you an individual membership to the uh, Center for the Arts. So we're almost sold out. So we've got a lot of new members already and we're planning to do some membership drive to reach out to households with the goal of raising somewhere around $75,000 on membership, maybe more if we can entice everybody to step up. And also we started doing some corporate and some other uh, sponsorship funding. The grant writing is another big piece of our fundraising target. We've identified 25 likely funders with a grant writer that we've engaged. Our first request has gone out for between 60 and $100,000. And we have six additional grant requests submitted that would bring in another, hopefully, 220 to $300,000. So all of those doesn't mean we're going to get the funding from them but they're all out there and building awareness. Of course, individual donor requests are also part of what we've um, been working on and receiving. The use of these funds would be for the phase one demolition uh, and some of the finishes. And we are negotiating and, and looking to hire an executive director that would staff the operation. In phase two, some of the building systems like the life safety and other components would be updated and maybe a reconfiguration of the entry. So those are some of the plans that are underway on, on that aspect. Uh, next slide, please. Here's the magic show. We have a few tickets left. So if you would like to step up and purchase, it would be great. Um, after our magic show, <coughs> excuse me, is finished, uh, Jay will be there on Saturday and Sunday with a smaller presentation. And that uh, information is available on sasolitamagic.com. Uh, next slide, please. Um, one of the big things that we're working on, and we can talk a little bit about this in our marketing and our business development side, but we're developing a concept with the hotels and with the restaurants for a conference campus that would allow us to um, lease the days worth clothes 
Monday and Tuesday to a lot of the tech companies that are really out um, acquiring uh, meeting places for their small team meetings. And we think that's a really great target for uh, bringing a lot of activation to Sausalito during the January, February months. So we're going to begin some sort of cooperative marketing on that. And I can tell you a little bit more about the next in the next uh, session. So next slide, please. Um, one of the things that we thought might be really important is to summarize where we are with the lease. We've had probably five to seven versions of the lease going back and forth. And here's where we are currently ending up with very little left to um, have discussion around. The lease term right now is five years with a five-year option. The lease rate in months one through 18 is a startup rate of $4,000, which covers the interest on the debt that the building has, that the prop, that the city has on the building. And months 19 to 60, the rent increases to $11,000, which then would cover the entire debt service um, that the city has, including the ATM rent that they are receiving. It's an absolute triple net rent. And what that means is the Center for the Arts would be responsible for 100% of the building, the maintenance of the roof, and then any of the systems in the building and the infrastructure. Um, over the 10 years, it's probably estimated somewhere around $400,000. Um, we, we would do any hazmat um, removal if we discover some during the demolition. There is also the opportunity to encapsulate that rather than uh, uh, dismantle the whole thing, to, which is what we are hoping to do. And we would be 100% responsible for any of the demo and the building preparation and all of our tenant improvements. I will tell you that the demo that we're planning is pretty much to have the building be all open space with a lot of movable uh, furniture and equipment. And our tenant improvements we hope would be um, reasonable in that rate. The city uses as part of the lease negotiation. They will be allowed 50 days of use per year or five days per month. And that would be for anything that's related to a city need, a city use, um, that uh, they'll be able to use the, the center and will graciously open the doors for them. So that's one of the good things that has been negotiated. The next slide, please. Um, to make sure that this um, Center for the Arts would be open and utilized by the public and used seriously as a community benefit, we are uh, promising to host a minimum of five events per month. I can tell you in August, we already have um, the, the magic show, two magic shows. We have Wednesday Night Live. We have uh, another uh, event that we're working on. So we're already well on our way to that. We're open to the public five days a week from uh, Wednesday through Sunday and 20% of the public events. We are really uh, gearing towards a DEI focus. We really want to embrace that concept and include our members of that community. The income share that we've offered uh, with the city is after a certain threshold. When we do this um, Silicon Valley or the rental of the um, vacant space, the, the space that's vacant on Monday, Tuesday and other venue nights that we might rent it, for the first 18 months, the city will share 50% of that revenue, and that would help offset the city's principal costs. Uh, we already talked about having a board member, and I'm excited to see who the city selects because we would really want them to be an integral part of what we're doing. And I would like to emphasize that once uh, approved, 
assuming that Rooftop Cafe and the bar is approved. The city actually doubles the size of this asset and the property value increases with the additional rent that's generated from the rooftop bar. And I think that's a key component to all of this. Uh, next slide, please. And just to sort of put this into context of dollars uh, that we will be um, accruing and looking to um, uh, have, have funds for are highlighted here, the lease rate, rate accruing of funds for the building improvements and for the contaminants, um, the value of the 50 days that um, the city should be utilizing the space and we're not collecting income. We are required by the lease to have a $25,000 reserve at all times. Uh, and the rent share that we talked about when we have the, the lease. So you end up coming up with, with an, what I would call an effective and maybe this isn't the actual right way to look at it, but you've got an effective, effective rent of about $60, $61 a square foot. Um, so that even though it sounds like the rent is low, all of these other aspects that we are contributing makes this really a strong community benefit decision for the city. And that is the last slide. So open for any questions. Oh, one more slide, there we go. The timeline. So here we are in August. And we are having our fundraiser. We hope to demolish in September, August, September, finish the um, epiphany and the finishes of the space, have some soft opening programs. And then, of course, in December, we're beginning to talk about Holiday by the Bay. We hope to have a full-time executive director by January, um, maybe even sooner, because as we are talking to a few people. And then in January, February, March, someone that, somewhere in that time frame we would have some sort of a grand opening. So that's the timeline. It can flip a month or so, depending on what happens, but I think we're pretty well focused on getting ourselves open, fully open January, um, and still having events throughout the next few months. So, okay, next slide, last slide. That's it. Monica, thank you. It was uh, very efficient. Um, let's see if committee members have questions. I see Cass has her hand up. Yeah, um, I, it's, you know, Monica, I'm, one of, I'm a big fan of the Sausalito Center for the Arts and a big supporter of it. And I think it's a great, uh, it, a great, a great contribution to, the, um, to, to downtown and revitalization of downtown. I've got two questions. One is, is Wednesday night live an EDAC or an SCA uh, activity? Because I see it kind of tagged with one or the other. And so I was wondering which it was or if it's both. <laughs> I think and then the other, I've got a second question, which is um, I noticed that the city gets uh, five days a month or 50 days a year, but five times 12 is 60. So that's just a minor. Comment. Yeah, it, it didn't multiply that way. That was just the number came up 50 that we agreed to. And it's four days a month in the first year and five days five four events a month in the first year and five days for the rest of the year great thank you and so my other question is wednesday night live is it edac or, or sca or what is it i think it's a combination of both because i i'd like to see some of the wednesday night live could maybe even be in, you know included inside of the space but right now everything that we've been doing is outside the space and we're beginning the edac uh, name is behind the uh, Wednesday Night Live, but it's something that I've been working on, so I just sort of 
tagged it on to the workload that I'm doing, so that's part of it. And we are developing a committee that's going to help in 2023, and you'll hear more about that in the um, marketing side of the world. Great. Thanks very much. And I, I really, um, I'm so excited about this. I think it's just one of the best things that's happened in downtown Sausalito since I've been involved in Sausalito, which is well over 50 years. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Cass. And you're in above tide. You guys have been very helpful and Mark is really on board with this conference center idea. So thank you for all of your support as well. No more questions? Any other questions? I'm taking membership applications right now, if you'd like to, <laughs> anyway, and okay. Any of you have not signed up for the uh, magician show on Thursday. Uh, Jay Alexander is a Sausalito resident. He lives on the houseboats. I think he's on Sea Dock. Um, I actually went and saw his show unrelated to all this in San Francisco. He has, he owns the Marrakesh Theater uh, near Union Square. And I took my family there. I was fascinated with his show. And he is a highly acclaimed, uh, one of the biggest draws in San Francisco. And it's just amazing. He lives in our town. And Monica has uh, finagled him to uh, volunteer his time for Thursday night. But he also has a show on Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm going on Sunday afternoon with my family once again so that uh, he can read my mind. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he's going to be fantastic. And the hot clams, we all know them. They're some of the floating home um, musicians too. They're playing. So it's going to be a really, really fun event. And uh, as I said, we're almost sold out. So a few more tickets left and then we have to shut down. So it'll be, it'll be really fun. Thanks. Well, me, another comment. I, I, as Cass, am a big supporter of this idea for downtown. Um, and can't thank Monica enough and those other board members for their time volunteering and putting this together. Um, I've always feared that bank, you know, if it was just sold, it could become yet another t-shirt shop, magnet shop, um, a food hall, uh, who knows what it would become. And um, to see it to be activated as a community oriented event center, um, every one of these events can bring 50 to 100 people to downtown on an evening uh, that helps every merchant around there. Um, and so I, I just, I'm super, super excited for, for uh, this idea. And thank Monica for her leadership and effort. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. What we should do is if there's no more questions, and that, that was a comment I made, <laughs> we should go to public comment on Monica's presentation and then we can close out this item. Serge, can you see if there's any public comment on business item 4.3? Uh, Chair Riley, I see no hands raised. Okay, at this time, we're going to move on to item 4.4 .4 and keep Monica on the speaking circuit here. Uh, Monica, you can give us a marketing subcommittee update. Oh, and before you do that, I do, I want to just share something. I had um, reported at our last meeting on those tax, uh, the HDL tax revenues. Uh, that um, it, it appeared that Sausalito's recovery was outperforming other jurisdictions that HL reported on. And I followed up on that. And I, I want to share with you in Q1 of this year, over Q1 of last year, 
Sausalito had 65% year-over-year growth. Wow. Uh, it's restaurant and hotel sales tax revenues in that report. And I'm just using restaurants and hotels as a proxy for kind of visitors to our town. Um, and Tracy, you can correct me if it's all visitors, but you know, just as a proxy. And if you compare um, Sausalito's 65% year-over-year growth to um, the rest of California, all of California was 39% growth. All of the Bay Area was 48% growth, and all of Marin was 44%. So effectively, Sausalito, on a recovery basis, um, has outperformed by 50%, uh, you know, California, the Bay Area, and Marin. I, I just, I think that's something we should, it's good news. We have our financial challenges, but that one sliver of the area, I think our city is doing well relative to others. And I attribute a lot of that to the work that the, um, you know, the marketing subcommittee and the, um, the business development uh, committee and the chamber, um, you know, in keeping uh, merchants here during the, the COVID period uh, and to reach out to visit California. So I just wanted to point that out before we jump in and I forgot. So to you, Monica, for an update. Thanks. Those are prom promising stats, but we still have a ways to go. So we'll just keep our, what they say, keep our head down and our tail up, right? So um, I just wanted to report on some of the events that are happening and some of the things that have just started. So we we'll want to come to some of you and have more dialogue about it. But you've heard about Wednesday Night Live. So we're, we've got August, September, October, November, all booked and a lot of fun venues. Three, the next three are in front of the Center for the Arts building, and then the uh, November one will be in uh, Caledonia, and we've had some really great Caledonia events uh, during the previous summer. I just want to shout out to Kim Huff. She's been helping us a lot with our um, flyers and our publicity, and, and so has CDA. So that has really been a collaborative effort on everybody's part, and it's really um, helped us promote. We um, are told by CDA if we don't um, start marketing Holiday by the Bay in August, September, we will miss the mark on some of the social media and some of the deadlines. So we are going to begin having some conversations about ho Holiday by the Bay. I met with Jeff uh, Shiraz, uh, whatever day it was, and they are already have their um, uh, Santa's breakfast and their Jingle Bell Run kind of going. And I know that the um, Why the Boat Place. So we're gonna collaborate again and put under one umbrella. Everybody thinks that's a great idea. So we're going to start on that, and um, the uh, January, well, let me just finish. Then we just had an uh, email exchange. There's a gentleman that lives here in Sausalito that I have made contact with several months ago, and he, with one of his um, business entities, he worked with the Restaurant Week establishment for all the restaurants in San Francisco, so he had offered to help with a restaurant week here in Sausalito. So we're gonna see if we can re-engage him and see if we can make that happen. And Yoshi and Jeff, again, were two of the individuals that have expressed interest in helping with that. So we just like put that out. We'll see what happens with that. Um, and we will need a lot of support and help with that. It's just beginning. Um, the other uh, idea that was brought up in the marketing meeting was Tom loves the idea of a boat show. And so so it's being explored 
only to the extent, like when I talked to CDA, uh, last week it was, I asked them if they had any ideas of anybody that we could collaborate with that would bring a boat show here um, instead of us creating it from the, from the beginning. So I'm anxious to hear from them when their time is up, whether they found something about that. Um, because I think that would make it happen versus, you know, us trying to put it together and um, doing it ourselves. So we'll see if Kevin has something to report on that. Um, in January and February, we have a lot of activities planned for the Center for the Arts. It would be like a month of, you know, different kinds of activities. Um, and we also have the Holiday by the Bay, Wednesday Night Live, and the CDA people are really helping us collaborate with everybody involved for a lot of PR and a lot of uh, media exposure. So that's pretty much the marketing piece that I can report. If anybody on the committee has more to say or comment something else, that's kind of the activities that we've been looking at over the last um, couple weeks. Tom, do you have anything to add? I do not, Monica. Thank you for the thorough report. Any questions for Monica? Serge, can we open up for public comment on business item 4.4, please? Chair Riley, I see no hands raised for that item. Wonderful. We'll continue forward. Um, at this time, we're moving to business item 4.5, uh, and it's our regular CDA marketing update. Our social media, media and digital marketing program for the city of Sausalito. And I'd like to ask Mr. Scott Thornburg um, if you could lead this discussion. All right. Um, for the sake of time, I'm just gonna pass it straight to Kevin uh, <laughs> to, uh, to give us an update on some of the metrics in this month. So over to you, Kevin. All right. substantial impact um, but we had some cool stuff happen in the last three weeks and wanted to talk about what's coming up as well so a couple of highlights from the last three weeks um, getting a placement uh, for the jazz and blues by the bay events uh, all month long in visit California and uh, it's actually really mentioned in their August 22 events guide this is not just press facing this is actually public facing so any visitors this would be one of the things that they would look at if they're considering a visit to California or the Bay Area in the coming weeks. Uh, it was also mentioned in the Marin uh, Independent Journal. The SCA Fundraiser Magic Show got covered and uh, kind of uh, distributed in Pacific Sun and North Bay Bohemian. Uh, and we updated um, the Visit California profile for South Salido. Um, we got a uh, uh, they, they can be a little bit slow to work sometimes, but we got the Holiday by the Bay event series. Um, they're now going to be covering that as like a recurring feature in Sausalito. Uh, they previously had just focused on Winterfest, so we're going to have them uh, as part of our outreach um, this month, getting everything kind of locked in for Holiday by the Bay. It's so making sure Visit California uh, as, you know, a major source of education, both for the press and for prospective visitors, will have that series up. Uh, and we give permission to CrowdRoute UGC, we updated. So now um, social media feeds will be 
uh, filtering if you're in Visit California as well. So we want to get that profile updated. Uh, social media side, um, a little bit of an insight. Top performing post on social media last month was uh, this one highlighting the Gardner House, which I personally have not visited. I don't know how familiar everyone, everyone here is such an expert in Sausalito, I'm sure <laughs> you guys know everything about it. Um, but um, what we've kind of noticed uh, in the past month is that um, we'll, there seems to be a, a lot of interest in this kind of off the beaten path, which is something that is kind of trending in travel as a whole right now. People are avoiding larger destinations or smaller destinations, and there is just this kind of appeal of things that are a little uh, off the beaten path are hidden and not the, the major attractions. So um, that's something we want to uh, explore putting more emphasis on next month on social media. Um, and if anybody has any you know, specific information, we'll be doing our own research and, and lo looking at you know, user-generated content and, and other content creators uh, discovering things in Sausalito and sharing that. But if anyone has anything really special, I know there's so many cool little secrets, the stairs, everything. Um, if you want to share them with me or more directly with Anthony on our team who, who does manage social media activities, Anthony, creativedigitalagents.com. Um, or anything relating to uh, business openings. Because another thing that always does really well is, especially as you guys are in this period of recovery and growth right now, is new businesses openings or, or changes of management, things like that. Those always also do really well in terms of being really relevant to people, driving interest and driving visitation and driving engagement on social media. On the creative production side, we uh, put together uh, an Instagram reel using uh, content created by the businesses. This specifically is uh, content that's going to be celebrating uh, South Salido businesses. Um, so it's not, you know, sunsets. This is specifically things people can spend money on when they visit. Uh, we started with restaurants part one, uh, and each month we'll be producing uh, three of these, two short ones like this one for about 15 seconds, and one longer one that'll be 30 seconds to a minute. Um, we're doing this just because at this point, this kind of content is being so favored by the meta algorithm. They even just changed their API. So now every video on Instagram is being considered a reel um, that it's, it really behooves us to start making original content. Um, and the fact that we can take high quality content that's posted by businesses, uh, cut it together, make it, you know, kind of slick and fun uh, and get it up relatively quickly. Uh, it's a, you know, a pretty minor, cost in terms of labor hours to, you know, uh, getting a lot of exposure um, uh, for, for all these kind of fun businesses and things that people can buy at the city. So that's, a, um, love to get uh, eyes on that and get any feedback as we're going into producing more of these for the city. Monica covered most of this. I don't want to uh, <laughs> repeat what she said. Um, so what's coming up? Um, there weren't a ton of events happening in the last three weeks. The, obviously the big one was for the 4th of July. Um, in terms of what's coming up immediately, um, uh, in addition to what we already talked about, is the chili cook-off and also prepping for the Halloween parade. Um, the big thing that we want to be putting resources into planning right now is that Holiday by the Bay event series. Uh, that got a lot of coverage last year with very little lead-up, so we're thinking that with you know uh, enough prep time to really get the message out. Um, also, we have media from last year that we can use to promote it this year. Um, so we can really start syncing the outreach and messaging this month and even begin reaching out to things like print publications and get people to come down and, and visit, uh, you know, ahead of time. Um, so we can be on people's schedules who want to come visit and see these kinds of, you know, uh, uh, charming, uh, you know, uh, sights, sights and sounds and wonderment. Um, uh, we met with, uh, Scott and Monica discussed South Leader Center for the Arts opening 
Um, next step is really uh, to, because there's so many people in, in, that are volunteering their time or working and in, involved in not just the opening of this, but also going to be involved in the promotion of it. Uh, so we're going to schedule a stakeholder and partner sync meeting uh, in probably you know this week or next week, depending on people's schedules, uh, where we'll just kind of see what everybody is kind of up to, what everybody's uh, thoughts are, and we can put together then what we'll do is we call a wish list document and we'll streamline it down to a single recommended strategy for branding and messaging. And then we, from there, we'll have different roles for everybody. But the, the, the main objective is to make sure that nobody's stepping on anybody's toes, nobody's uh, needlessly repeating work that other someone else is doing, um, and that everybody's message is the same so that when we are promoting the opening of this uh, in the second half of the year, everybody's message is the same and we're really repeating and reinforcing that message everywhere that goes out to the community or to mass media. For the conference campus idea, this is something that was shared with us last week. Uh, we are currently draft, drafting a mock flyer for what this would look like uh, as kind of a proof of concept. Uh, and that can obviously go through iterations as we get actual photos when <laughs> the, the space is built out and things like that. Um, but in the meantime, this would be something that could be used to kind of test the waters for uh, prospective events that are happening next year. Because I know a lot of times that gets planned months and months and months in advance. So if we're looking to book anybody in the first quarter of 2023, I think it's important we have some materials as a good backup to be sharing with people right now. Um, and then lastly, um, uh, last month we put together uh, the Sausalito playlists, which were Spotify playlists with uh, the you know, rich, uh, legendary music history um, to hit different moods and attitudes. Uh, we're already integrating those Sausalito playlists uh, with the social media content that we're publishing. So the content we're creating is gonna have the social media, uh, is gonna have the South Little Playlists uh, music playing. Uh, it's something I think we wanna be just in general talking about. This is also a PR story we're going, to, going out with in August is, is talking about um, this as part of the arts history. I even think this could um, kind of tangentially align with talking about the South Little Center for the Arts, talking about the music heritage and the arts heritage that uh, the city has as, as one kind of larger story. Uh, going into the KPI tracking, so well, let me move my window, um, so starting out looking at earned media, which is PR, um, so far and uh, one month in, we have uh, already gotten about halfway to where we were in all of uh, Q2, and uh, our traditional audience has already eclipsed that. I believe it's actually higher than this, we're just waiting on ratings for one uh, small TV and radio placement we got. Uh, digital coverage is much larger, you'll see, uh, and this is because of the 4th of July. Uh, specifically, we got, um, we got uh, picked up by some large feeds for 4th of July event, and so that led to a massive uptick in digital viewership around that event. Um, and uh, things are kind of continuing to trend as they were in terms of our engagement rate being well above average. Um, and our social reach being 15% locals and 85% visitors that we're hitting. Uh, we have not, uh, to, uh, to date this quarter, we have not run any uh, paid media. We'll probably save that budget uh, for later this year when we're trying to promote some specific events for either the SCA or for uh, definitely for the holiday by the way uh, series and sets as people show their plans for that is my report. All right, thank you, Kevin. Um, and just so everyone knows, um, 
we've held off on any kind of SCA promotion, um, Center for the Arts promotion, until things were officially approved by City Council and and moving forward. So now that that's in a good place and and things are um, are moving forward, we feel like it's a good time to start working with them on promoting some of the events and uh, and activities that are happening downtown. Um, also. For those of you that don't know, my my day job is in PR and communications, and the one thing that you really need um, to be successful in PR is something new. New is what makes news. And so having this new uh, center for the arts opening in downtown um, is a really exciting moment uh, for the city. It's something new and different that is uh, aligned with our values and the community values in that it is centered around the arts. So. Um, we're excited about that. We think it's a good opportunity to drum up more coverage and, and uh, more stories about Sausalito as an arts destination um, for the, uh, the wider Bay Area and, uh, and, and travelers from far and wide. So um, we think it's a, good, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of potential. So um, that's why you're starting to see this ramp up now. Um, and anybody have any questions about that, uh, please, please let us know. Otherwise, thank you, Kevin. Um, excited to see all the great, great work this month. Thank you, Kevin and Scott. Um, it's great to see the rhythm that you guys have gotten into. It just, uh, you know, from when we started to now, it's just flowing really good. And I think that the results will continue to show strong. Um, any questions before we go to public comment? All right, Serge, can we open up for a public comment on item 4.5, which was the CDA digital and social media update? Chair Riley, there are no hands raised. Thank you. Let's move to item 4.6. And uh, today I'm happy to report we are moving ahead of schedule, which is good. Uh, 4.6 is a Bridgeway lighting update to be provided by Cass. Um, Cass, hopefully your connectivity is uh, good at this moment. I hope so too. I certainly have been hearing you guys really well. So we'll, hopefully it's going both ways. Um, as I've mentioned before, one of the things that's been challenging for the lights is to find uh, an institution that actually can carry the donations uh, and you know help manage the whole project. And at Tom, I think it was Tom's suggestion, maybe it was Monica's, they suggested that I reach out to Sausalito Beautiful and I do have a contact there, a board member. So I did, I reached out to him and I got a very positive response. So, and I think this could be a real match. So hopefully, will be on the, uh, this item will be on their agenda for their August 18th meeting. And one of the things I can see is that is having a committee that is some EDAC members and some Sausalito uh, beautiful members who get together and decide what the lighting will be because there's so many different options. Um, so as I've mentioned before, funding is at this point is not an issue. I think we've got good commitments. Uh, and I really like the idea of having a, a joint committee in between Sausalito Beautiful and EDAC that, that actually implements and puts together and designs the whole lighting. So I, I'm, I'm very hopeful, I hope this works out. And I think, you know, realistically, we'll probably be aiming for having the lights go live uh, for the holidays. I think that's a realistic um, uh, schedule that we can meet and I think it'll really uh, be great for Holiday by the Bay and be great for the city. So that's my report. Yes, thank you. And you came through crystal clear. Great. You found a good spot there in the Sierras to hook your <laughs> phone calls. Um, any questions for Cass? Chris? Yeah, I, I remember 
when I was on the chamber board and Teresa, I'm not sure if you were on the board yet or not, but um, we looked into doing this and there was a company in Sausalito who does lighting and um, yeah, okay. Well, so <laughs> sort of a sneaky kind of way to go about it, but maybe invite them to be on the committee and they get so invested in the idea that they end up donating something, money, time, effort, whatever. So they, I, I have met with them. Uh, okay. I met with them and they've given us a proposal okay. for um, doing some of the design and it has a lot of pro bono in it. Um, okay. Yeah, so thank you very okay. much, Chris. I think they're a great organization and I hope we can work together. Okay, it's just a sort of little strategy when you get involved people like that, then they get so excited and they say, we'll do it, you know, so. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, yeah, yeah okay. thank you. Okay, great. Hey Cass, thank you for your leadership on this. If these lights turn on uh, during the holiday season, it's gonna really just change the downtown. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, it's super exciting. Wouldn't happen without you stepping up and, and uh, a special thanks to Saucedo Beautiful if they can help be the kind of financial uh, repository for this. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Serge, can we go to public comment on item 4.6, the Bridgeway Lighting Update? And Chair Riley, there are no hands raised. All right. Thank you. We're going to move on to our final business item, which is a business development update from Monica Pettigrew. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, a lot of people have commented that there hasn't, they haven't seen a lot of activity. And I think that's because a lot of the projects that have, are underway are still in, not, I'm not complaining, but they're in planning or in development and, or in ca one case under construction. So I want to just tell you some of the things that are happening, um, which is a positive uh, change in our downtown. For 660 um, Bridgeway, the two stores underneath Barrel House, there's two tenants there that have been have signed leases, and one of them is a little bit stuck in the health department. It's the Boba Tea people, and they're working their way out. And the other one is a jewelry and gift store um, that I see has started construction in the space. So those two spaces hopefully will be occupied. Hopefully, you know, in the next. Well, the Lobati wouldn't be because they have to do some construction, but they'll be open hopefully within the next six months and there'll be some activity there. Um, the Trident, as you many of you know, have leased the upstairs on Dean's to a restaurant called Dita, which is an Asian fusion restaurant. They're through the city with all of their approvals and they're under construction. And again, that's another project that you won't see activation probably until the first quarter of 2023 but that is another new facility that's underway. I can report on Princess Street where we have long looked at the two vacant spaces there, the um, old Starbucks place and the one space there that's um, uh, uh, next door to it. And PG&E has been the holdup. They have been in a process with PG&E for a year or a year and a half to get approval and to get some um, infrastructure that is needed by both buildings there. So hopefully that has now been alleviated and it looks like some things can move forward with that, but that's been the holdup. It hasn't been the city's fault. It hasn't, it's mostly been, you know, circumstance fault. 
um, and that fire did nobody any favors. Um, as you've seen, cultivar is under construction. I know it's been a mess for a lot of the nearby tenants, but um, they should be through construction and open, I would imagine, in Q1 of 2023. Uh, and I think they will definitely enliven a lot of the downtown area. The um, Lafferts store ha has gone through, um, and I believe they got approved for their sidewalk and they're under construction with, they did not, okay, did not. Okay, interesting, thanks, Risha. They do have their upstairs uh, that's under development. And again, that's another long-term uh, construction project. Um, so I just wanted to say that there is a lot of activity. There are things happening. They're just not finalized or the landlord is maybe not finding the right kind of tenant, but I've talked to a lot of the landlords and they are trying to pursue inner, uh, uh, activity in the space. Um, I'm talking to 101 Caledonia tomorrow. Uh, we've met with the mayor with 101 Caledonia to um, try to encourage them. So we'll see if they come up with some other new ideas. That's the biggest vacancy we have in the city. Um, and it's an interesting space to try to find the tenant for. So there are a few other tenants that I've been talking with that we're gonna show some spaces to and um, we'll just have to keep plugging along and make things work. I will say that the interim planning director, uh, Dan Horton, has been extremely helpful and very, very supportive in um, trying to push things uh, forward. And that's the kind of reaction that we really need to help everybody uh, get into their space with too many, without too many glitches. So that's what I would report today. Monica, thank you for that. I always love your report. It makes you makes all of us feel like we're in the know of what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> My wife wants to hear these report outs. <laughs> thank you for that. Any questions for Monica? Okay, um, Serge, can we open up for public comment on item 4.7, the business development update? Chair Riley, there are no hands raised. Thank you. We're going to move on to item business item five, and I'm going to make one modification of business item five. Uh, this is where we get staff updates, our liaison updates, and also any other items we haven't discussed. Um, I made a mistake of not including the diversification uh, subcommittee uh, under our business items. Um, we have an exciting update from them. So I'd like to begin with the diversification subcommittee. I think the conversation will be led by Mr. John DeRay uh, for an update. Thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, so we have a, uh, a new initiative that we're looking into. Uh, Malcolm, and my, Malcolm and I have been working on it, having to do with uh, quick chargers for electric boats at Sausalito Marinas. And uh, there's an electric boat company in Sausalito, you may know of that, it's called Candela. There's also a microgrid company that provides, uh, uh, creates car chargers and has put them around the Bay Area. Um, so we had a meeting uh, about two weeks ago with uh, folks from those two companies, Malcolm and I, the Working Waterfront Coalition, and um, one of the marina operators, and also uh, City Council person Jill Hoffman. And um, everybody was uh, very excited about the idea. Uh, there are more and more boats, uh, electric boats in the Bay Area, not just the ones that are coming from um, Candela here in Sausalito. Um, but it's becoming more and more popular. If you look at Europe, 
they're around. If you look at um, Lake Tahoe, there's a charger up in Lake Tahoe. Um, so uh, the microgrid company that does the car chargers is uh, has a lot of success with um, grant funding. They got a $3 million grant for putting car chargers around the Bay Area. They're uh, seeking funding for this and they're pretty optimistic. And uh, we got an agreement from uh, one of the uh, marina uh, operators. Um, so everybody's kind of optimistic that maybe something can happen here. Um, the other interesting thing about the electric boats here is the boats from Candela are $400,000 for a boat. And he sold four of them this year. And he, he thinks he can sell over 20 next year. So he's hiring, he's expanding, and uh, the boats are made in Europe, I believe Sweden, but he was just given approval to look into manufacturing uh, some of the boats here in the US and he's looking for spaces. So we've talked to uh, some of the uh, marine ship uh, property uh, owners about a space there. He needs quite a large space almost something like a uh, machine shop kind of space. So um, not sure how far that's gonna go, but I think you will also need a space for prototyping and, and, and you know doing things like that. So anyway, that's kind of the, the update. Uh, Malcolm, you have anything to, uh, to add to that? Um, just wanna sort of echo John's thing. I mean, this is, pretty exciting turn for the waterfront. Um, these are akin to Teslas on the water. They're a very high-end, expensive little boat. Um, you know, I went in this meeting sort of going, yeah, I don't know, but came out convinced that this is a completely viable um, proposal these guys are putting out. Um, if they can get grant funding to, to underwrite most of the costs, it would be an absolute win. It's gonna take some selling on the part of the marina operators uh, because most marinas are completely full, already booked, um, and they have a waiting list for birth space. So we'll have to convince them, or some, they're gonna to have to convince them that it's worth allocating a birth or two for these fast chargers. But um, it's sort of what we've always wanted around here where we could have more people visiting by boat. Um, and hopefully the type of visitor that can pony up for one of those boats is the kind of visitor we'd like to have here in town. Um, even if it's just day tripping, um, plus it's no fumes, no, uh, no pollution. Um, seems like a win-win all the way around. Um, they're very open to um, doing this in a phased in approach and uh, sort of using the um, the first one or two that they're proposing uh, as sort of a test run, I think it's a great idea. I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, think about um, the, the current charge time with just a regular shore power for their boats is eight to 12 hours. And with these fast chargers, you know, we're talking 20 minutes. So it's, it's, a, it's a big difference and uh, would really, I think, uh, accelerate uh, the popularity. That's awesome. And, and John and Malcolm, even the, the bigger news is the outside chance that Candela could look for a manufacturing facility. And if we could provide that, I think we should all put our heads together and really think through how we can get creative to have such a facility, you know, potentially developed here. Um, 
that Candela boat is great. It's getting great reviews. Uh, looks beautiful on the water. So, uh, and bring charging stations here would be uh, incredible. And very, just very forward thinking for us as a community on the waterfront. But do you do you have any idea of what kind of facility or space they need? Have you had a dialogue with them yet? Yeah, they they need a large warehouse type manufacturing space, very large. So like I said, the scale of sort of the machine shop. Oh. So he's talked to um, uh, Mayor Kelman about the machine shop. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where that stands, but that is kind of the ideal space. So uh, like 20,000 feet. Hey, John, yeah. they explored yeah. uh, the new construction that's gonna happen at Schumacher? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're uh, they're aware of it and um, looked at that as well. But you know those are three buildings. Um, it's not enough size uh, for them, Tom. But every both parties are aware of that project. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, thank you for that update. Are there any other updates from committee members before I move to our liaisons? Okay. Um, Julie's not here from the chamber, but Teresa, might you have any update from the chamber? Uh, no, no update. Okay, our two council liaisons are not with us unless Jill has joined us, but I have not seen her. Um, and staff updates, uh, Chris, you've been very active. Um, anything else you wanna to bring to our attention? If you're still with us? Okay, Chris may have stepped away. No, I'm, st I'm still with you. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I spoke enough today for uh, five people. <laughs> you, Mr. Zapata, five times. Um, okay, um, Serge, on item number five, the updates we just received, uh, can you ask for public comment? Sure, and Chair Riley, I see no hands raised for that. All right, thank you. We're gonna move on to items six and seven, which is setting next meeting date and future agenda items. So let's start with the meeting date. Um, so the first Monday of September is Labor Day. I'm pretty certain that none of you want to spend your Labor Day with me on a Zoom call. So I propose two options. Uh, we can move it to that Tuesday, the 6th, or the following Monday, September 12th. Any preferences? I thought we were going to every other month. Well, I'd like to submit it to Mr. Zapata and get direction from him at our public service department is driving by, so one moment. Um, I guess, well, it's up to us. You wanna to move to every month now without getting feedback from Mr. Zapata? Mr. Zapata, we're gonna submit well, you. We're gonna he's gonna let us do what we wanna do. <laughs> Yeah, but first of all, uh, thank you for even thinking, but this is a, a council appointed committee. If I can get back to the council with the um, rest of the board's committees and commissions have been asked to do the work that you've done today, that would be really helpful. And then we can figure out what you all want to do. But I think I have, um, I have your, um, your thoughts. Okay. But that's, I'd suggest we hold the date for September 12th. Um, Kaz has her hand up. Great. Yeah, I have my hand up to vote for the 12th because I'll be out of the country on the 
on the sixth. And sorry about the dog in the background. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, I have for agenda items for that meeting. Um, with our decision to continue as a uh, city council appointed uh, committee, we do need to have some new members appointed. Some of our terms have expired. I don't have all that information in front of me, but I think we should talk about our expiring terms and um, and get some direction from city council on the new members that they interviewed and if they would like to appoint them. Uh, we should handle that at the next meeting. Uh, second to that, um, it's expected that officers are re, um, are voted in each year. Um, and so I just want to be cognizant that uh, our current officers have been in the seats for a year and a half, I believe. So we should revisit uh, the officers. Um, and that we can arrange that as well. Um, I also have two other agenda items I, I would suggest. Um, it would be nice to have, and Cass, like your feedback on this one after I present it, maybe a presentation to EDAC on what a bid is and the process of putting a bid in place and the cost and so forth. And then uh, we can provide comment and then that presentation would probably need to go to city council um, at some point. Uh, uh, Tom, I'd be happy to do that. I need, uh, we need, I need to get the committee back together and meet, but um, I think I've got a pretty good handle on that stuff. So we could do that. That would be great. Uh, and then Scott, you know, maybe uh, at next meeting or the one after that to do the same thing on uh, the brand, right? Because we do want to respond back to the city council on if you want a brand development study, you know, here's what it would cost, here's what the time frame would be, here's what the deliverables would be. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so those, uh, those are some pretty meaty agenda items uh, upcoming in addition to our standard other topics folks like to discuss. All right, um, so that leads us to our adjournment and uh, we are 10 minutes early. Uh, first time I think we've achieved that. Um, so I thank everyone for a very, very good meeting. I look forward to seeing many of you at Jazz by the Bay and I uh, hope you are enjoying your nice uh, August and the cool weather we have here. So thank you everyone. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, bye-bye. Thank you.